from Black Tribers, Mandate 456, M456. God is turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the children's hearts back to the fathers. Hey, I'm sitting here with my beautiful bride, Lisa Marie. Nice. (laughs) Hey, we're in 719 Lending. Shout out to them, their studio. They're letting us use this thing. We're going to start interviewing couples. So if you're a couple and you want to talk about marriage, we don't care what condition it's in. Where you're at, you want to tell your story. We're going to do quick 30-minute podcasts with um, couples in the future. We're, we're really excited about that, actually. Um, and if you're watching us on video, and you can see my beautiful wife, it's on patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black, um, or you're listening, and we put that out later. Um, we, we our, our Patreon people get first access in a few days or a couple weeks before, <laughs> and then we send it out on Apple on Spotify, on SoundCloud, it goes all over the place. <laughs> Have you ever heard a man describe his wife as beautiful, and then you Google her, and you're like, "Oh, uh, yeah, he honey, loves you're her. extremely photogenic. <laughs> you look pretty hot on photos," <laughs> which is true. Okay, we're back. So last podcast we talked about compartmentalizing in a healthy way, in a very healthy way. It's a tool. We we put out a challenge to you ladies to learn how to compartmentalize, lay down your sword for the moment. Don't fight in front of the children. Don't fight in front of whatever's happening in your world. we're not going to deny what's happening. That it's actually really healthy if you wait a couple of days to to deal with something very emotional. Yes. Because we're ruled by our our emotions and we're supposed to actually rule our emotions. The best teaching I ever heard on that, by the way, is the Karis guy. Who's that? Yeah, he Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack does a teaching uh, on ruling your harnessing emotions. Harnessing your emotions. Harnessing your it emotions. It is classic, and it's, it's it a needs, book. It needs to get back out there in the yeah. world because people are, they think it's okay. This whole, this is my truth, and you made me feel this way, yes. is just so feeding if you, if the you narcissism. Can't, if you can't harness or rule your emotions, get that book. And then we learn how to become fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, long-suffering. We're in our marriages in long-suffering, Yeah. right? So we stay in anyway, and we get tools. So hopefully some of you ladies have responded. You're learning how to compartmentalize. You're learning how that you can wait. Men, you're being faithful, and you're saying, if it's Tuesday, we're going to come back together on Friday. When the kids are in bed, you're actually doing it. You're not bailing, Yeah. right? Show up, grow some balls, right, and do it. So now we're going to talk about what? Hey, I wanted to ask you a question on that okay. to wrap up from last time. What do you think about um, if you do agree, like we're going to have this conversation, what do you think about putting a time limit on it? Because this is always interesting to me is you will say to me, oh, my God, we've been talking about this for hours. And I'll be like, dude, it's literally been four minutes. I can show you from this minute we sat down. Where oh, it's you been could four, have a little clock that you didn't like on four our Four minutes. You're like, okay. for 80 years we've been beating this over. I'm like, we've been looking at each other for four minutes. So what do you think See, about... See, I'm going to my emotions here. You're, gonna, not you're not going to get upset. Gonna get upset. <laughs> <laughs> but it, pro- it felt like that to you. I get that. Yeah, but, it does feel like that. But it's, yeah, you don't, you do not like feeling uncomfortable with someone you really care about. Like you, you can like really blow off the general public that you don't, maybe we're all like this, but when you really care about something, it gets to you. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's a negative exchange, it, it tears you up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if people I'm know sensitive. that about you. I'm a sensitive guy. You actually are way more sensitive than I am. Yes. I think people would be shocked to hear yeah, that. Yeah, that's probably true. I am not sense. I am not sensitive for myself at all. I'm very sensitive for people I care about. Yes. 
you care about is the key in there. Yes. If I don't care about you, you're dead to me. <laughs> wow. No. Okay. All right. So what was the question? The question was, you know, we were talking about compartmentalizing in a healthy way, which is not natural it's a hard word to say compartmentalizing. It's a good word. Um, is it okay to put a time limit on that? Because I think there's been times I've been in conversations with women where I'm like, land the freaking plane, Joe. Like it's <laughs> like, let's I remember this one time I had lunch with this woman. We're not friends anymore, but she, <laughs> there was something that happened with one of her kids that was very significant. And I really cared about, and it was something we'd gone through with our kids, but she had to tell me about when she stopped at Walmart, where she parked, what she bought, all to get to this weekend when this thing happened, it was unnecessary information. Yeah. And it, it just didn't, it, it just sucked the life out of me. Do you men feel that way with females? Like, can you just say you did this on Tuesday? It hurt me. I'm wondering how we can rebuild trust in this area. That would be fantastic. fantastic. Yes. That's not going to happen, <laughs> but that would be beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Now, I, and I'll say from the a man's side, like we don't like to deal with our weakness. Yeah. When we're weak, that's we all we want control. in life is to be respected. Mm-hmm. And when our wives are damaged and they're hurt by something stupid we did, we get angry first because that's just what we've always known, and we hate it. We don't we don't want to fail, but we failed okay. again. Okay. And again and again. And so, yeah, I mean. I'm not a fan of failure. Yeah, it's I not love fun. it. No. It sucks. And, and, and again, all men ever want is respect. Women want to be loved. And when we're not respected, we weren't respected from our fathers. We're not respected from our coaches. We're not respected You're from our teachers. You're definitely not expect, respected on the earth right now. No. That's why I love like what's happening in Boulder right now with Dion. He actually respects his men as players. He he, he doesn't coach women. them as much he as he fathers them. He respects his mama. Yeah. He respects his leadership. He's, he's teaching a generation how to actually honor Thank and God. respect. I know. I and love it's, it. It's a gorgeous thing. But yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. I just was thinking like we could take it to the next level and, and you could build more security around it. Now, obviously... If you are, uh, you know, like there's been a, a major trauma in the marriage where you're not even sure if you're going to make it, you know, you might want to go get a cabin in the woods and really hash this bitch out because yeah. it's just not going to be a quick conversation. Right. And it doesn't mean that at the end of the conversation when you've, I, I do think that's the second part of the challenge is can we close that door? You know, because if you just need to say over and over again how hurt you are, that's not a tool that's not giving your spouse anything yes, I agree with to that. move forward on except for that you're wounded and you're going to be wounded for a long time and you don't know what they just have to put up with it yes i think that's what kind of wears people out well and what women will do is three years later they'll bring that up again because it's all connected and we feel like it's been dealt with yeah and now you just make us feel like an extra failure right because it never was dealt with right? right and we don't even consciously i most of the time think that subconsciously like oh shit i failed again yeah god well i'm not even gonna come home anymore Wow. Right? I'm going to go to porn instead of to my wife. I'm going to go. that lady will love you. Well, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that lady it thinks you're amazing because she's it not real. It doesn't call you names. <laughs> because she's been trafficked and she's in a small room being held against her will. <laughs> oh, that lady will love oh you. <laughs> wow. I, I know. Okay. <laughs> we don't have that problem in our marriage, so that was not a dig. That was just me entertaining my imagination. Um, okay. So I want to talk about a couple different places of intimacy. 
And I want you to help me come up with really good tools. I'm nervous. Help you me out. You should be guys. nervous. We're going to start help with financial. Me. Help me. Okay. So intimacy, first thing we think of is probably sexual. Absolutely. Or, I'm looking at you right now. You look very hot. Thank you, baby. Wow. And um, financial intimacy, though, is something that comes up every day in your life. If you're not connected financially, that's sometimes, that's the, one of the number one causes of divorce is in a different ideas about money because money is so emotional. Yes. Like you and I were raised so differently with money. Right. And we were told, I mean, I remember being very small and my dad saying, you never talk about sex. Oops, sorry, dad. You never talk about politics. Agree with you there. And you never talk about your money. And he was in a family, extended family, where there was a lot of jealousy over how much money he made. Because my dad's been very successful in his life. So he's like, that just makes people, if you're successful, they won't like you. And if you're not successful, they won't respect you, was kind of the message I got. So he's like, so anytime you would talk publicly about money, I felt like I, I had just taken my clothes off. Wow. I never wanted anyone to know how much was in my bank account, if I owned my house, how much I paid for my truck. I was just like, it made me feel so exposed. And you didn't feel that way at all. To you, it was just like talking about the weather. Right. Okay. So how important is that conversation in, like, it is the ebb and flow of so much of your home. Like, where you're going to live, how you're going to live, what you're going to drive, who's going to make the money, who's going to help make the, like, who's going to spend the money. Where do we go with this? (laughs) Well, I think for for us, let's just stay there, okay. right? I, we both had to work at different seasons, but mo- I've always worked, right? You've, right. You've had to go to work to help at times. We've lived as missionaries. Let's be honest. For thirty My years on and didn't off, didn't help at all. All well, it did was bring chaos. Yeah. But I just had to get out of the freaking house. <laughs> right. It was selfish, honestly. Well, and you needed to do that. It for was a season. very yeah. selfish. Um, and so, but then we also have, have agreed always on uh, amount. What amount will we have to come together on that we won't spend? Yeah. Within our budget. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not just going to go put a thousand dollars on a credit card without right. talking to you. Right. Not supposed to. Shoot, I was going to go shopping <laughs> later. Yeah, if we're not going to spend more than three hundred dollars or five hundred dollars, or depending on your financial, yeah. ten thousand dollars, but we're going to talk before we do that, right? And here is the budget f- for our month, and so let's let's have life come from that, right. not death, because right. we both just messed it up, right? Yeah. So it's always life and death, not right and wrong. Right. And what most couples get involved in is the right and wrong of finances instead of the life. Or the death of finances. Well, here's what I think happened to you and I. Okay. Is I think that you were, you lived in extremes and um, I was no fun. Like money, like I was raised that like you all, I never had anything but water in a restaurant until I met you. Because I was raised like that's not how we spend our money. Right. Like that's not, but you were very much more like. No, we're really going to enjoy this meal. Like yeah, if we're going to have this day, yeah, like we're going to have really good wine with yeah. this meal, and not that we couldn't afford it and pay cash. For, by the way, we pay cash for everything. We don't have any right. credit. But I think one of the smartest things couples could do, because this you can go round and round and round, is make someone else the bad guy. Get a program that is not prosperity minded. Right. Because there's one, on one that, end. there's one that's out there right now because I was looking at them for us because I do think we need to have some conversations about this because I need more boots. But <laughs> she, she said you, boots. And you think that three <laughs> pairs of boots are enough. And I don't understand why you don't understand <laughs> that you need more than just certain colors. Thank anyway, Jesus. I need cowboy boots bad. 
But I think that making something else, we are not taught about money. We are yeah. not, it, we, we, our school system is not set up for real life. It is set up for things that just don't matter. You know, like we take really important things out of history and we don't talk, we don't well, teach we people teach about the money. Wrong history. Well, I mean, who, whatever, who knows what the right history was unless right. they lived it. But we, we just block out things we don't want to deal with and we make a bigger deal out of things that really don't matter. And I think to actually have a program and go through it as a couple and come into agreement with the money. Yes. Because you and I agree on giving. Yep. Give extravagantly. Absolutely. But I still love we it sew, when I get a phone tithe. call from yep. you that's like, hey, this guy's really hurt and he can't pay his rent. I'm like, absolutely. It's blah, blah, blah. Right. He's, he's one of our kids. You know, let's do that. I like being brought into it because that's part of the blessing for me, too. Right. Is that if you feel like we're supposed to help somebody out and it's just between you and I, but I want to be brought into it. Money is an emotional thing. It has its own entity. And there's... To, to what I see, and I would love to find someone that's kind of in between um, on this teaching, is you have the prosperity thing where you need four Escalades. Yeah. So you can decide which color you're in the mood for, I think is absurd and disgusting because you can't drive four it's Escalades. Witchcraft. It yeah. is. No, no and that, you know, everybody's got to have a private jet and every God wants right. you to have that. And then there's the poverty thing. Which destroys the souls of humanity. Which uh, most of the people we've been dealt, we've been with in ministry, have a impoverished a mindset. Impoverished. Can you explain what an impoverished mindset is? Yeah, it's just everything. There's never going to be enough, so we're we're going to scrape this off of the shell so that we have can make a soup, um, and or the, it's just this impoverished. And mindset. everything's broken down, and nothing yeah. works, and no, nothing nothing's is excellent. ever going to be excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. The tool that I would suggest for this is actually to take it because there is no way a, a man and a woman is going to come together and have been raised in the, with the same flavor of money. Right. And just you and I, we're both white. We're both, we're raised middle class. Our parents stayed married. We have all that in common. We were raised in the church. We have all that in common. But our teaching on money is completely different. Yes. The culture of your family and the culture of mine. Absolutely. I think when we got married... You thought mine was bad and I thought yours was bad. Right. You know, and I still don't think we think either one is good. <laughs> but I think that to, to take take a third party that's actually really studied this and go through it together instead of constantly interjecting, this is what I think about money and this is how I feel about money. Right. And to me, money is security. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that's uh, incredible. That's an intimacy of finance yeah. in your marriage. Now, I'm, again, I was raised in extremes like we were extremely impoverished <clears throat> extreme yeah like Ex we lived in a trailer park with another family of five in a three-bedroom trailer that was poverty and i always had to wear my brother who was ended up being eight inches shorter than me his boots his jeans i, there, I never got anything new and then at 13 we were extremely rich multi-millionaires like ridiculously yeah. like private planes rich. private planes motorhomes boats yeah horses again, the whole thing. And then at 19, my parents went completely broke again and never got money back. So it was the up and the down of that. But my, and my dad was so full of fear with money that he would literally every month scream at my mother while he was balancing the checkbook for your younger generation. We had checkbooks, we had checkbooks. and we would balance them every month of what we were spending down and what we weren't and down to the penny. He would lose his mind if my mom spent money too much on groceries or something. Now he was a multimillionaire at this time. 
So all I saw. So is that a impoverished spirit? Yeah, he was. He was had a. So you can have a impoverished mindset even if you're a multimillionaire. One hundred percent. Okay, good to know. Yes, and so that to me, I was like, wait a minute. I'm, there's some freedom here. Now, again, we've lived on support. And so some of our guys are, you can't show pictures of you having fun, right? I'm like, uh, somebody gave us tickets to the Denver Broncos and I'm going to take a picture of that because that's okay and not make an excuse. Um, also, no one posts pictures of themselves like going through their bills every month. Right. Yeah, right. This is not going to happen. Like when we go through our receipts, we don't take pictures of them. We're like, right. we're going through our receipts. Right. Woohoo! Exactly. So, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you've got, we, I can enjoy life. Yeah. At a low level, uh, because I do honor the people who sow into us every month. Absolutely. I do honor that with my whole life. So I'm not going to go extravagant. I'm not going to get five pairs of boots from my wife. I'm not going to drive I'm, brand I'm new cars. I'm talking about one. I'm talking oh, about one. I just need one pair. Okay, all right. I'm going to get you <laughs> one pair. And so, yeah, I, I think that is a really important thing. Now, I don't agree with the Ramsey thing. I think that is impoverished. I, I actually don't like it at all. It's real high control. And yeah, it's very controlling and weird. But you do need to find that as a couple. You need to find somebody that's gone before you, somebody that's done it well. And you do have to have a budget. And you do have to follow that budget. Yeah. And do that with life. Don't make it a right and wrong thing. Make it a life or death thing. Absolutely. Right? And and how much are we sowing into good soil this month? Yeah. Where's our tithe going? Widows Is and our orphans. Tithe, yeah. Well, yeah. our tithe goes to the widow and orphan to protect our money. We sow into rich soil. We want a good marriage. We're going to sow into Gary and Lisa Black every month because that's going to extremely grow our marriage the way, the way that their marriage is, right? You find people who are doing it really well, that's where you sow. There you go. Right? And then you always tie yes. to the local church or to mm-hmm. somebody who's feeding you uh, around widows and orphans, making sure that they're being taken care of. And so for me, that's a healthy way of balancing. But you do go find a program or somebody that's done it. I know you didn't like the Chris Valentin. No, we liked it. We got kicked out of Spain and we never got to finish oh, it. Okay, the Chris Chris Valentin does a, yeah, good, a he's good a one. good. He's a good, solid man. Like yeah. he's not, he's not flippant, and he right. is educated, and he reads, and and he, he came from poverty. Yeah, and, and now he does very yeah, well. I love it. Okay, okay. So another place of intimacy is spiritual intimacy. Okay, Ooh, that's good. I know. So praying together. Shut up. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think it really is a very important thing in marriage. I think it really is. I think too. we've made it too important. Okay. Okay. So Lisa and I have it, uh, her relationship with the father is very intimate and very personal. And she's had a hard time praying with me through the years yeah. on a consistent basis. Yeah. Because why? Well, because um, my first marriage, we prayed together all the time about everything. And there was still a lot of lies happening there. And then there was just one gentleman that I dated and we prayed together all the time because he was very drawn to my spirituality. And it made me closer to him than I should have been. I cared more about him. Mm. It was a place of intimacy. We were not sleeping together. We were not, but it was a place of intimacy and I just got burned. Yeah. And I think when I met you, you know, I was 29 and I'd been on my own for five years and I was just kind of like, hmm, I'm going to give this guy my body and my heart, but I'm probably not going to give him all of me. Thank you for giving me your body and your heart. You're welcome. And thank you, though, through the years. Now, obviously, when some big thing happens or we were really needing a breakthrough or there was seven years that we could not make any money. And it was God. Everything we touched died. Everything we touched yeah. was completely dead, including our son. 
in the midst of that season. Um, and so started three businesses. All three went bankrupt from crazy stuff. I mean, it's just wild what was happening. We came together in that season uh, in prayer. Yes. Right? So there are those times, but does it need to be consistent in your mind in a marriage to consistently pray with one another? I think praying together is a great opportunity to speak life to your spouse. Mm. Because I'm not going to ever hold your hand and sit in our front room with the sun coming, you know, the Rocky Mountain sun coming and kissing our skin and and say, the writer and God, would you just make my husband not such an ass, you know? <laughs> and I think there's always that manipulation. Yes. I, Whenever you and I are in that situation, I was like, oh, God, I just think you, that this man is the father of my children. Yeah. And he's the grandfather of my grandchildren. And I just thank you for his. And I, I that's a time to exalt you you while you're exalting the father that's good and and reminding each other like this is what i see about you Mm -hmm. i we may be living in the same house and doing all these things and working together but we aren't always like super intentional to look in each other's eyes and say i just want to tell you i really appreciate the man that you are when you're praying that's a great time to do that and also it's a it's a place to say we need help like we have a grandchild that's suffering, right? You know, and right. we don't know what to do. Yeah. But in that, we will pray for our our grandchild's parents. Yes. You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep unity in the family in our prayers through sharing our life spiritually. Yeah, and and then if there's a big something, a big decision you have to make, like a, we're gonna buy this house. Well, let's both go to the Lord separately and just see what He's saying to yeah. us. Let's get a Rama word from God a yes or something in our hearts. Let's come back together and pray on that. And then let's have him show us to us in scripture. So then we get into scripture and he proves it. He always proves it through his word. But as you do that as a couple and you learn to pray together and trust what you're hearing in your own heart individually, coming together and hearing that together and then letting him show you that in the word, that's how you should make any big decision in your life. Absolutely. Every single time. I think also for your children to see that spiritual connection and the way that you and I, I think connect the most spiritually is we send each other podcasts, we send each other quotes and we send each other um, blogs or things like right. you, something you love from or Richard Rohr fun reels. or fun. Reels. <laughs> That's the best part of the day when I get all this from yeah. you. It's usually big trucks, but that is a way I, I think a tool that you can use in that is to actually have an agreement. Now don't overdo it. Maybe one a week or whatever, but whatever I send you or like, there was a couple books that you were loving. And by the time I got to chapter 13, I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I can't, I cannot. It's so heavy. Yeah. I'm getting depressed. Yeah. I, I the understand. Return of the gods. Yeah. I understand the point. I got it. I'm going to get the cliff notes. I agree with it, but I am like, it's bogging me down, Yeah, you know, but generally what we do is we, if you're excited about something you're learning, you want to share that with your spouse. Yes. And all, now we can do that manipulatively. Like I have people that send me stuff all the time. I'm like, I know you're trying to fix me. It's not going to happen. Right. Good 53, <laughs> kind of like who I am. Keep trying, Your though. Southern it's Baptist so podcast cute. is not going to help. so cute that you're trying to fix me. So it's not a place of fixing. It's a place of I'm learning this, and I want to share this with you, yeah, and I want to be able to talk about it. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. And we do that well together. Yeah. Okay. What's another intimacy? Emotional. Okay. Emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I don't know. You're a boy, so you probably don't know. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> In fact, I'm getting a little nervous, starting to sweat. No, you shouldn't. Uh, I when you, um, I like to ask. I feel like the key to life 
is asking people questions about themselves, listening to the answers, listening, and then actually being able to like reiterate something they said a month ago because you're showing them I value. So I met this woman, I had a conversation with her, and we had lunch, and she told me about this grandchild. I'm going to remember the grandchild's name yeah, you do and that the so situation well, I'm so, I'm, because that's important to that person. Yeah. So that that is the key to relationship. Yes. Now you can't do that with everybody because right. you're not being intimate with everybody. But in a marriage, I love to ask you questions about like sometimes it's whimsical like. You know, tell me about the first time you went out on the football field. Like, did you feel like you were going to suffocate in that helmet? Because I just feel like that would be, you know, and then I'll like kind of bring you into that. Like, what did the grass smell like? And, you know, were you sneezing and were you scared? Did you have butterflies in your stomach? Did you want to hit somebody? Like, and I'll get you to tell the stories of your life and ask you questions. Now, if I'm doing that, I'm creating intimacy. If I use those things against you, I'm destroying the intimacy. Wow, that's so good. That's really right. And so if those stories go into like, I was under the bleachers and I was making out with Kathy <laughs> and I was like, was Kathy hot? And what we've come to <laughs> is that you are attracted Shout out to my high school girlfriend. You are attracted to women with dark hair and flat chest. You <laughs> <laughs> married a buxom blonde. So something wrong. Wow. But I, if I use that against you, like, yeah. so was Kathy or because I'm an insecure woman or I'm a child or I'm a little girl. I've I've crushed that intimacy. You're not going to open up to me again. Yeah. You open up. To me. I can ask you any question. Oh, I tell you anything. You tell me anything because I'm like, that is really interesting. It's disturbing, but it's right. very interesting. And now I know more about you than I knew before. Yeah. Well, and I want to say that to you men. I mean, I've come to a space emotionally in my marriage where I'm not afraid. I, I, I have nothing to hide. Like Lisa can, she has all my passcodes. She can have my phone whenever she wants. Like there's, we use each other's computers. Yeah, we don't even the think time. about. It. There's like, no hesitation though, because I think even if you were like, yeah, you can use my phone. Cause we share glasses. We share <laughs> like we're ridiculous. Our kids are like, oh my god, you guys are so old. But I think if there was a hesitation. Yeah. Like the other night, I was wanting to Google something. I couldn't find my phone. Like if you'd stop for a second and be like, oh crap. Yeah, well, there's some things you just make me Google in my phone because you don't (laughs) want it in your phone. But yeah, Um, yeah, and I think you're right. If there's a hesitation, there's something off. Yeah, something wrong. A hundred percent. So yeah, that to me is a huge one, emotional. Because again, and we've talked about this on the last few podcasts, is it Galatians 5.22 emotions or is it you you not harnessing or ruling your emotions, right? If it's Galatians 5, I become those things. I become love, joy, peace, patience, right? If it's I, my emotions, I'm reacting mm-hmm. and I'm upset and I want to prove that you're wrong and I'm right. And all that gets in the way and I'm not harnessing or ruling anything uh, because I'm just reacting. And I'm thinking about how what I'm going to say next instead of listening to what you're actually saying. Exactly. Which that's where you lose intimate emotional intimacy every time. Yeah. So a good tool of that is just ask your spouse questions. And listen to their answers. Yes. Because how do you feel when you're in that situation with someone? You feel seen. You feel heard. You feel like they're interested in you. You might have even had some memories you hadn't thought about in years. You know, good memories, whatever. But, I mean, (laughs) when you get off a call, sometimes I'm like, how did it make you feel? (laughs) Are you angry? Are you sad? Is he an ass? Yeah. I don't like him anyways, just so you know. Or right. we're like, hey, actually, he's really a great guy. He's just having a hard time. Or, you know, I I really, I'm curious about the way you see the world because I love you and I respect you and I want to understand how you see things. That's good. 
That's really good. And I, and I just want to add that if your spouse isn't living up to that emotionally, like I'm dealing with some guys I'm coaching right now who's their, their, their wives just aren't in that space. There's been trauma. There's been things that have happened. There's been things the men have done, whatever. Uh, and they're just trying to win their heart, the heart back of their wives. If she's not capable yet of ruling her emotions in this, in that. He can't win. Well, you, you got to stay in anyway. Yeah. You, as a man, you got, you have to look past that emotion. Yeah. And you have to actually deal with the spirit behind. Like uh, we used an example on the last podcast. Some guy I'm coaching right now, his wife deals with a spirit of abandonment. Yeah. And it's, if she feels abandoned in any way, she just loses it. Right. I told him, serve her in that. Pray against that spirit right. of abandonment. Right. Love her in her abandonment. Right. Anyway, don't listen to her words. Don't listen to her anger, her frustrations, her screaming, whatever she's doing. Listen to her heart. And you've got to train yourself how to do that as a man, with especially with an emotional woman, which, let's be honest, women are emotional. I don't feel like I'm that emotional. Not as much as you used to be. No, you're very good at it now. So I, I think that's I am important. just as emotional as I've probably ever been. I just, I rule them. Yes. I make them my slave. Rule and reign. They do not make me their Absolutely. slave. And I will... I refuse to react and not respond because I am a woman. Yes. I am not a little girl. And it is incredibly popular to focus on how you feel and expect everyone in your sphere of influence to bow to how you feel. Right. That is not the Christian way. That is a two-year-old throwing a fit and ruling a room. It's true. You don't respect the two-year-old, and you're not going to follow him into battle. That's all I have to say. Do you want to be the kind of person that people are like, I can go arm-in-arm with this woman in battle because she's got my front, she's got my back, she's got my side, or is she going to crumble into the masses because somebody hurt her feelings. Right. Or that's, his feelings. That's a little, that's a child. There's a lot of feminine men out there right now that cannot handle their emotions and they crush under any kind of pressure. I know. So it goes both ways. I was listening right. to that yesterday. Just the, the, what we've basically said to men is, uh, don't be a man, be a little boy or be a girl, but don't be a man. Yeah. And then we're mad at them for not being men. Yeah. I watched the great reel on that little boy comes to his dad and says, dad, can I have some of your wine? He's like eight. He's like, no, you have to be 21 to have my, some of my wine. He's like, well then can I take the car? And he has his keys. He's like, no, you have to be 16 to, to take the car. He goes, oh, well then can I become a girl? And dad goes, oh yeah, we could do that one. And right we're going to have a party. Yeah. We're going to celebrate. Okay. You. What's the last one? The last one is obviously uh, sexual intimacy. Okay. Good transition. Yeah, but people have a really hard time with this one because I think women, especially, because again, we go back to the compartmentalizing. A man, I, was, I love coaching young mothers. It's one of my favorite things to do because we will laugh so hard. And this one girl I was coaching, and they're like temporarily living in a hotel while they're remodeling a house. And they have two little ones, and she's like, He wants to have sex. <laughs> And the kids are in the room. I was like, honey, they can have sex in front of children, their mothers, dogs. They don't care. It's a comp- <laughs> like they're like looking straight ahead. And I was like, I'm feeling for you, girl, because nothing will shut down a woman's like sex drive, like the cry of a child. Or, right. you know, it's like we cannot compartmentalize that. Yeah. that I am just your wife. I'm not somebody's mother. Like sometimes women have a hard time. Like these boobs just fed them and now they're feeding them. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to think. Women do have to learn how to compartmentalize a little bit. And I do think men need to, to understand that we are created very different than you. Yeah. And not take it personal. It's not personal. Right. It's primal. 
(laughs) what I used to make my class always say. It's not personal. It's primal. I know when we're at a restaurant and a beautiful woman walks by, you're going to look. And I'm like, it's primal. I look. Like, but if you're going to, like, ignore me and look at her the whole time, that's taking it to Well, that's what I taught the boys. You look once. You look once. You thank God for the beauty. And then you move on. No, you're great at that. You lead that really well. But I think that um, women do need to learn how to compartmentalize in order to build intimacy with their spouse. And that's why I, I'm trying to tell everyone, like, there's a reason hotel sex is so great. Mm. Because you got the air conditioning on, you got big blankets, you don't have to clean up, you don't care if there's anything on the toilet, your kids are somewhere else. Like, I think what we all want to do is recreate hotel sex in our regular life. And when your kids leave home, that's a whole new level. We like, have hotel sex all the time. We have hotel sex all the time. So we went to a hotel for our anniversary and we were like, same we could thing. just go home. It's the same thing right. because we're finally at that place. But when you are all, it's all connected for you as a woman. That's why, and so many people say this to me. I know you guys say, don't have your kids in your bed. I'm not, listen, they're your kids. You raise them any way you want. I just don't know how people <clears> keep <throat> getting pregnant when they have four kids in their bed, but apparently they're, they're very creative. But <laughs> I just think the best thing for your kids, the reason we say that is, to never have a break from them is telling them that they're gods, basically. Like we, I, the way I felt raising our kids was I have given you people everything I have all day long. I've given you my soul. You've had my body. You've had my attention. You've had patience that I don't, don't, don't exist in me. And then when you came home, I wanted to shift that to, okay, now I'm his wife. And to me, that was a beautiful shift because I felt like I got to be like a woman, not like a milking machine or, you I'm know, singing like Shania Twain in my brain right now. I feel like going. a woman, but that is such a different compartment for women to think about is, okay, I've done this all day or I've worked here. I've done, and now I'm shifting over to be this man's wife and be fully present in that. Yeah. That's where great sex comes from. But we often don't know how to do that. And my only argument has been, if there's three toddlers in your bed, how are you yeah, going you to can't. shift over your mind no. into just being sexually no. intimate? You're not, uh, let's stay on that. Let's not cave on that one. Keep your kids out of your damn room. There's well, got to be something sacred in your life, and your room is sacred. I, could, I don't even think I, I walked my parents' room. I would die before I'd walk in Do you remember the time Michael brought the entire Pine Creek football of course, of team course. into our bedroom to say goodnight to me? And I had this little white nightie on, and I'm trying to, like, cover myself. Like, Who raised you, Michael? Oh, the guy just wanted to say goodnight, Mom. You yeah. know, like, we were raised that our be- our parents' bedroom was this sacred, it like, is. holy it place. Is. And I think we do need to go back yes. to that. Now, your, your kid's upset, has a nightmare, whatever. They can come in the bed. You, you let them stay them for a bit, yeah. and then you take them back. You train them that they're okay, well, you're and they can be in their them own to space. also to regulate their own emotions right. instead right. of them Giving always having to the be full. dependent 100%. on you. When is that break going to happen? Right. I mean, are you going to wait till your son is walking down the aisle to marry a young woman before you're like, oh, she's yours now, honey. Yeah. Like at some point you have to start pulling away from them in order that for them to establish their independence and regulate themselves. Right. And I Absolutely. think that might be why we have so many un- emotionally unregulated humans walking around the earth is someone's been telling them like, However you feel is all that matters. Well, yeah. And whatever you need is all that and matters. And most of those are Christian podcasts, and they're just not real. Okay, well, I and I'll end with this quick story. You know, I'm coaching a guy the other day, and his wife is going through all this training, and that one of their kids is freaking out and being just completely unruling as a teenager. 
And I'm like, sometimes you just need to tell her she doesn't get to do that or she's going to get spanked. Now, I know we don't believe in spanking. I know that's horrible. <laughs> but they they want to give in to her feelings. It's okay to feel this way. You can keep feeling this way as she's screaming and tearing the house apart. It's just not acceptable. Absolutely And not. a line has to be drawn, and you have to be the parent. You don't need to be their friend. Well, children feel out of control. They need someone that's in control. Jesus, help us. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They need someone in control, not controlling to manipulate, controlling to show that you can rule your emotions yeah. and you can overcome your emotions. Yes. And guess what? You have to because this is our home and this is what we do. I think that's a good message. Okay. Are we good? We're good. All right. We're emotionally intimate. We're financially intimate. <laughs> we fixed our marriage, intimate. guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. If you want to join us on a podcast and be, and be on it, make sure you hit us up, please. Watch our videos. Join our Patreon, a buck a month. Uh, Jointhejourneyman.com. You can watch everything there first. Um, If you want to sow into a really good marriage, I'd encourage you to sow into us. Amen. (laughs) I don't talk about money. I know you don't. All right, guys. Love you. Thanks again.